Welcome back to the God's Financial Secret Series. And today we want to have a look at Secret 5. So into good ground. I'm super excited about this secret today as well as we've been building in the last few weeks. Secret 1 to 4. And today is going to be another exciting revelation that you're going to hear today and experience. So open up your spirit, open up your heart. As we get straight into Secret 5, I'll speak to you on the other side of this. Financial Secret 5, so into good ground. The Bible says in Matthew 13 verse 8, New King James Version, Other seed fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. The first home I purchased shortly after getting married was what one would term a fixer-upper. Not only did the house need a lot of attention, but also the garden needed an extra makeover home addition. What was once lush green grass with a sparkling swimming pool had now simply deteriorated into an overgrown mass of weeds, thorns, and a half-filled mosquito-infested algae swamp. The upside was that the house was in a good suburb. Only due to the previous owner going through personal financial crisis had the house become terribly run down. The large house and property, however, had huge potential and after drafting renovation plans and giving the contractors the go-ahead to start working on the house, I personally got to work on my garden. It was extremely rewarding to see a dilapidated house and a once overgrown piece of land starting to take shape. The pool was emptied, treated and refilled. The trees and shrubs were pruned and fertilized, whilst the weeds and thorns were removed in order for the new grass to be planted. Once all the weeds and the thorns were chopped out, I planted the new kukuyu grass and watered it daily. After a few weeks of intense labor and hard work, I stood back and observed my new ever-growing garden with a sense of achievement and fulfillment. One morning I was standing on my newly laid grass patch when I noticed that small plants were growing through the new grass. I was concerned and asked a landscaping friend of mine for his advice. He arrived the next day and after having a look at my work of art, he asked me a few questions about the preparation process prior to planting the grass. I explained to him what I did and how hard I'd worked and that the time it took and the pride I had after seeing my hard work completed. But my friend looked at me and said something that I'll never forget. He said, your soil looked good on the surface, but it was bad ground underneath, which has resulted in all the weeds to sprout again. As you can imagine, he suggested I remove everything again, till the soil, spray chemicals to kill the weeds, and wait a while until the soil is in a good condition before planting new grass again. Not only had my haste in planting my grass once uh, to bad ground caused me frustration and double effort, but it also cost me double the expense. Financial Secret 5 has always remained with me after my bad experience with my garden. You must sow into good ground. When it comes to finance or business opportunities, we are all surrounded by and offered many so-called good deals. But as with my garden, many money-making opportunities simply look good on the surface. Soon after sowing into the investment, business, or person, starts to produce weeds or bad returns, which causes much frustration and often double the expense. Jesus said in Matthew 13 verse 8, Another seed fell into good ground and brought forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. What he was saying was that the word seed that produced fruit or the harvest of a good return on investment in the lives of people was seed that was planted or sown into good ground. In Matthew 13 verse 3, Jesus says, Behold, a sower went out to sow, meaning everyone has the potential to sow, but so too everyone also has the option to choose the condition of the soil they want to sow into. 
in verse 47 of Matthew 13, 47, Jesus explains three types of bad ground or soil. Number one, wayside ground. Number two, stony ground. Number three, thorny ground. All three types of ground were bad ground for various reasons, resulting in none of them being able to cause the seed they received to produce a harvest. Notice it was not the seed that was bad, but rather the ground the seed was sown into that was bad, because you must sow into good ground. I often get asked, so how do we know what is good ground? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 17 verse 16, You shall know them by their fruit, good fruit and bad fruit. In verse 18 of Matthew 7, 18, Jesus goes on to say, A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So before sowing your hard-earned money or seed into anything or anyone, it is important to look at the person or organizations, what I like to call their fruit track record. The fruit track record will tell you what type of ground it is, good or bad. Good ground will produce, not might produce, but will produce a consistent basis of a good harvest. If the person or organization has got a track record of continual failure, job hopping, or bad financial management, then it is clear that the kind of person is bad ground, and if they do not change their ways, they will sooner than later be back to ask for more or cause you to lose out on your harvest. Another question I get asked a lot is, can bad ground become good ground? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 12, 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. So we are faced with choices every day, and the choices we make will determine the condition of our soil. As we read from Matthew 12, 33 above, Jesus says you can choose what soil you want to be, and you are not forced to keep producing bad results or poor returns. In Luke's gospel, Jesus shares the parable with his disciples. In Luke 13, verse 6 to 9, and Jesus said, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on his fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that we can cut it down. So thank God for his son Jesus Christ and for his grace upon our ignorance, mistakes and weaknesses that enable us to go from bad ground into good ground. It is clear from Scripture that bad ground can become good ground by bringing about certain changes. So God created you to produce good harvests in your life. Your responsibility is to ensure your ground stays in a good condition by being planted in a good local church and by being led by His Word and by the Holy Spirit and having strong mentorship in your life. Another question I get asked a lot is, are poor people good or bad ground? Please don't misunderstand the difference between being commanded by Scripture to helping the poor and sowing into good or bad ground. Helping the poor is our Christian duty. Sowing into good soil is our choice. Some people are poor due to circumstances beyond their immediate or natural control, but not necessarily poor soil. Warfare, politics, natural disasters, overpopulation, lack of education, family violence, substance abuse and disease are some of the harsh realities of the world we live in. Scripture does not suggest we help poor people in those circumstances. It commands us to help poor people. Exodus 22:25, the New King James Version says, If you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like a money lender to him. You shall not charge him interest. Proverbs 14:31 says, 
He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Proverbs 19.17 says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. So your seed into a poor man's life could just be the seed that gives him or her the opportunity they need to become fruitful and start to produce harvests of good ground. Helping the poor is unlike sowing with the intention of receiving a return or producing a harvest, but rather giving to the poor is lending to God. Proverbs 19.17 above means that God will pay you back what you gave to the poor with no growth to it, but you will not lose out. You will get back what you gave. But sowing is the ability to decide the condition of the soil before you sow by looking at its fruit track record and then sowing into that ground, expecting harvest of return in the future. The starting point to good ground sowing in every Christian's walk is their local church. Tithes, offerings, and generous contributions into your local church is the foundation from which all other sowing should follow. Malachi 3.10a says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2, New Living Translation says, On the first day of each week you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, New King James Version says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Philippians 4.15, the B part says, No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only, because you must sow into good ground. Personal Challenge 5 If you are a member of a local church that is growing and bearing fruit, you have a commitment to the pastor who counsels shepherds and preaches to you, and you are at church every week, then the church and your pastor are both good ground to sow into. See Challenge 5. Number 1. Become a committed monthly tither, 10% of your monthly income, Malachi 3.10. Number 2. Contribute cash offerings every week into the offering basket. Purpose in your heart what amount you give every week, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2 says. Number 3. Sow a generous seed into your pastor's personal life, Philippians 4.15-19. You must sow into good ground. So congratulations as you commit to the above three seed challenges. You've just qualified as a financial leader in God's kingdom. Confession Session 5. Confess out loud today. Thank you, Lord, that I am a sower of seed into good ground. I confess that I am alert to good ground people and opportunities in my life and that I will continue to sow seed into these good grounds. Holy Spirit, thank you that you lead me into truth and warn me from making bad ground choices, investments, and purchases. Thank you, Lord, that I am a giver to the poor, and that my seed to the poor will cause opportunities for them to change their life. I speak life over every seed that I have sown into good ground, and declare that I am blessed and highly favored child of God all the days of my life. I am expectant of continued harvest to come into my life from the continual seeds that I have sown. I declare this today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen because you must sow into good ground. So as we reflect on secret five, sow into good ground, this again was a, another great revelation to me, the difference between sowing into good ground and helping the poor, blessing the poor. It's always this debate between what is good ground, should you give to rich people, should you only give to poor people, why should we give to rich people, because they already have, but rich people very often are good ground in the sense of they have worked hard, they've been faithful. So if you sow into good ground, not just rich people, but I'm speaking about people that are blessed. And so what we tend to do is we tend to envy rich people 
and we tend to feel sorry for poor people. And very often we don't do any of the two. We don't help the poor or we don't sow into good ground. And again, I don't try and say rich people in the sense of billionaires and trillionaires, but I say this good ground, people that are producing fruit in their life. The Bible speaks about these kinds of soil. And so when we understand sowing into good ground, as you heard in the book as well, the garden that I planted, the grass that I planted in my house, the, the soil that I prepared, you sort of skim the top, but you don't really till that soil properly, put the right fertilizers, the right pesticides in there in order to prepare the soil. Because most of us are on this journey of quick fix, quick fix, quick fix. Let's quickly get this thing sorted out. Or let's quickly make money or let's quickly get breakthrough or let's quickly get a miracle. But the Bible is very clear. We have to look for people's fruit track record, look for good ground. And so when you start to understand this revelation, that's why I always say Jesus, his church, the local church, when he sowed his life into the soil, good ground of the tomb, God raised him up from the dead. So if Jesus didn't become a seed, God had nothing to work with. But that's why Jesus is good ground, the local church, his church, his bride, it's good ground. And so when the Bible speaks to us about sowing into good ground, it speaks about what the other kinds of seeds, by the wayside seed, stony ground and thorny ground. And if you go and look at the explanations of those three kinds of soils, because the disciples came to Jesus and said, what does it mean? We don't fully understand it. So Jesus goes on to say the very first parable he ever preaches is this parable of this law of seed time and harvest and the type of soil we need to sow it into. And he says the sower sows the word. That's why not everybody gets saved. That's why not everybody accepts Jesus into their life because the soil of their heart is wayside or they treat the gospel as just another fairy tale or a, a sideshow or whatever it is. Or it's stony ground. The Bible speaks about it's shallow. When they hear the gospel, they hear a sermon being preached. It falls into the shallow soil of their hearts. And some of them, the Bible says, actually get excited. They go, wow. But they never allow the seed to fall deep into the soil of good ground. They're not willing to uproot that the stones, which speaks about the selfish nature of our humanity. And so when persecution comes, the Bible says they rise up quickly. But when they get persecuted for the gospel's sake, they fall over because they have no root in themselves because the soil is shallow. It's built on stony ground. Then you get the thorny ground, which the Bible says sometimes you've got a weed and wheat and you, you can't really tell the difference because the thorn and the weed look similar at a stage. But the Bible says it's only when they're uprooted. That means one day when we leave this earth and we'll see what fruit we've bore for the Lord. But the Bible also speaks about thorny ground being the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world. We don't really allow ourselves to be totally sown into the soil of God's kingdom. And so we're always looking over our shoulder for plan B or looking over there for the miracle pass or the, the miracle offering that we need to have. And so the Bible is very clear. We have to prepare the soil of our hearts. And that means we have to allow when we hear Jesus' word, the Holy Spirit speaking through the word to us, we have to allow the word of God to fall into the good soil of our hearts. And when we do that, the Bible says the word of God is like a seed. It forms, takes root and the kingdom starts to grow in us and the good work in the good soil of your heart, I will complete it. And so that's why it's important as Christians, we read our Bibles on a daily basis and a weekly basis and we allow the seed of God's word to fall into the fertile soil of our hearts. And that's how you become a strong Christian. It's the same principle when it comes to finances. When you get revelation or teachings on tithings and offerings and generosity, as this series aims to achieve, you can have four kinds of approaches. Wayside ground, oh, here he goes again on another tangent with money. All the church wants is my money. Or 
it's the stony ground or the thorny ground of our hearts. We, we don't really fully believe it. We treat the Word of God like a shallow revelation, and so we never really allow the Word of God to take root in our hearts. Yet we're desiring God to bless us, God to increase us, God to enlarge us, but the soil of our hearts isn't really fertile. And so I say to many people as well that I engage with is that the Bible says what Jesus says, can bad ground become good ground? Well, the Bible's clear that either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. But a good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Meaning that if you are not producing good fruit at the moment, you can till that soil, put fertilizer in it. God's grace is upon your life, not forever, but there is grace upon our lives. It gives us opportunities to change and to improve ourselves and to turn that bad tree into a good tree, that tree that seems like it's dying. If you give it the right fertilizer, things can change. And so I encourage you as well, don't allow the enemy to come and just label you or call you names or your destiny is to be poor and to struggle and lack and limitation because poverty is a curse. And so God wants your life to increase and to multiply and to be fruitful and multiply and increase. But we know the condition of the soil will determine the outcome of the harvest. And so notice as well in the book, we read that it's not the seed that's always bad. It's the soil that's bad and the seed can't produce in bad soil. So when it comes to people's lives, should we sow money into people's lives? Yes, I'm a firm believer of that. I believe you should look at your past. If your past is laboring, the Bible says the man of God, the woman of God, the people that lead you spiritually, they are worthy of double honor. So we should sow generously into men and women of God, your pastor, your church. It's fertile soil. As a businessman, it's the most foolish thing to ever think that you shouldn't sow into the soil of your church. I mean, I've taught businessmen, and I myself, when I'd got this revelation, I was an avid sower. Sometimes I didn't have the cash, but I had the time or I had the talent or I had the service. I could do something through my business for the church, whatever it might be. And I'm so blessed to always have people in our church as well. At times they give money, at times they give their time, at times they give their treasure, at times they give their talent. And all of that is a form of seed. And when you sow it into the good soil of a local church, and I always say to people, what is a good local church? Well, I always say, is it a growing church? Because if God's heart is to be fruitful and multiply, if he filled up the fishermen's nets to the point of increase, and he said, that's not a lesson to teach you about catching fish. It's a metaphor to show you what the church is going to look like. He said, from now on, like that net is full of fish, we're going to catch men. So the question is, if your church is growing, if your church is increasing, if it's got vision and building buildings and advancing. And in our case at CRC, we do harvest events and it costs a lot of money to win the lost at any cost. But when you've got people who are seed-minded and they understand the privilege of sowing into the good soil of the local church and God's kingdom, then you start to see incredible results in people's lives. And the Bible says, here's the incredible thing. The Bible says the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground, good ground, he sleeps by night and he rises by day and he himself does not know how that seed grows. And that's what I've seen throughout my life. I've seen that when I just parted with God, like Peter who gave his boat to Jesus when he needed to preach, there were people pushing against him and there was no place left. So he asked Peter, can I use your boat? And that speaks again of partnering with God's kingdom. And Jesus stood in his boat. He preached. And when he gave his boat to Jesus to preach out of and people got saved, Later on, when Peter was using his boat or his business and he was toiling and he wasn't getting breakthrough and there was recession and there was a downturn in the economy, 
Christ comes and he says, cast your net out on the other side, gives him a strategy in the midst of recession, in the midst of difficult times, and bam, they catch a, a catch of fish that are filled to the brim that they actually had to call their partners to come and help them. And that speaks of the incredible partnership with the kingdom of God and good soil. So your pastor is good ground if the church is growing, if the membership is growing, if you're taking territory for Jesus. All those are signs of good ground because that's how you measure an orchard or a garden. If the plants are flourishing and the roses are blooming and the trees are producing fruit, then you know the gardener is a good gardener and you can reward him accordingly. And so the pastor is the same. And a businessman that is producing fruit that walks in integrity, good soil. Your parents as a child, if your family, if your father and mother have been providing for you, they good soil. Look around your life. People that are full of integrity, that are producing fruit, their careers blossoming. Those are all people that are good fruit. Good ground, I mean. And then you have a look at the command, which we spoke about in the book as well. It's the difference between good ground and the poor. So not every poor person is bad ground. They might not look as if they're producing fruit right now because they haven't got the resource. But we spoke about the fact that sometimes people are born into dire circumstances, not their fault. And your money, your prosperity, your blessing can actually help that person get out of that poverty into an opportunity. And so when you understand that revelation, the Bible says what? That when you give to the poor, it's like you're lending to God. And so when you lend to God, what does the Bible say? The Bible says in Proverbs 19, 17, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. So helping the poor is not a suggestion, it's a command. But you must understand the difference. When you give to poor people, you lend to God and God says if you give 100 rand to a person or you buy somebody a car or a house, or whatever that cost is, God will give you that return, the same value. But sowing into good soil, that's seed time and harvest. That's opening it up to multiplication. That's why if you're a tither and you bring offerings every Sunday, that's good ground. Now you open up that tithe and that offering, you open it up now to the kingdom of God and you put it in God's hands and God then takes that and incredibly multiplies it. He exponentially grows that back into your life. And so I encourage you today to learn the difference. So when you see a person at the traffic light, I always used to have issues with people at traffic lights. You know, I wish this guy would just stop begging and get a job. And then the Lord spoke to me the one day and said to me, you could be the difference between that person knowing me or having an opportunity. And if you've ever read Og Mandino's book called The Greatest Salesman in the World, it's a good read. He failed in marriage and he divorced and he ended up on the streets and he was a very, very poor man struggling to make ends meet and eating out of dustbins and really living a bad life. And the one day he went into a library to actually try and get out the sun and get out the rain. And he went to go and sit just to get into a cool place. And while he was in the library, he just started browsing through a few books and he found a book there of a man who just inspired him. And then he looked inside the book and he saw that the address, the author of the book was in the same city that he, that he was living in. So Ogmandino went and looked for this guy and said to him, I read your book in the library. And he was really, he was this street guy, unshaven, hasn't bathed for weeks and was just down and out. And this man gave him an opportunity. And Ogmandino went to work in the insurance industry through this man's business and went to recover himself. And this man gave him a chance and helped the poor man. And Ogmandino went on to become a very big success in the insurance game to the extent that when he wrote the book, The Greatest Salesman in the World, it was through this company that this guy that gave him the opportunity, it was through his experience that he learned all these things. And the same people that he used to beg for on the streets and with all their smart cars and that, Ogmandino ended up becoming their mentor and teaching them how to grow their businesses in sales, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing. 
That book, The Greatest Salesman in the World, has sold over 70 million copies. And then the Lord said to me, how many Ogmandinos aren't you walking past on a daily basis on the street or somebody that just, they've got all the potential to sell 70 million books in them. They just need an opportunity and your blessing, your money can help them. So that's when we help the poor. And I'm not saying just be abused by poor people, but I'm saying because Jesus said the poor will always be with us. But it is a command to help the poor and that God gives us that back. But sowing into good ground, that's a choice. And you need to be selective of who good ground is. I've had family members and friends and people that just never end. If you don't say no, they'll just keep taking. So you have to be selective as well in what is good ground. And that's how the Holy Spirit leads you. So come on, sow into good ground. Your church is good ground. Your pastor is good ground. People that are producing in life, friends, family are good ground. Your parents are good ground. Come on, if your parents have been good to you and brave, if you listen to this, if your parents are still alive, bless your parents. You'll always look after them. The Bible says, honor your mother and father all the days of your life that you may lengthen your days on the earth. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for my friend today that is listening to this podcast. I pray that the seed of this word will fall into good ground as we sow into good ground. And I know that people that are listening to this podcast are good ground because they've chosen to stretch themselves and to grow themselves. So Father, I pray that as the seed falls, may it grow, may it resonate, and may it produce many, many revelations and large and increase their capacity to to have have more to be more because we are blessed to be a blessing and i pray father as you bless them as you increase them i pray that may they never walk past a poor man ever again and look at them with disdain or may they never think that they've built up their wealth by their own strength but you said it is you that gives us the power to gain this wealth so we give you all the glory all the honor all the praise that is due to us use our lives use up our resource use our blessing for your glory and may we stand before you one day and you look at us and say well done good and faithful servant. You were faithful over little. You were faithful over much. I'm now going to give you heaven's reward. So I pray this today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, have a great week and sow into good ground. Look for good ground. Come on, your church is good ground. Your pastor is good ground. Your friends and family, your wife, husband, people that are walking out there in life are good ground. Help the poor. Sow into good ground. Watch what God is going to do. You're on this journey. And God is going to increase your business, your life, your career. Have a great, great week. Can't wait to be with you next week with Secret 6. Be blessed. Thank you for subscribing to Leader Breeder Podcast with Aidan Jeffrey. Make sure to catch the next episode of the God's Financial Secrets series every Tuesday.